This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. You just think we just, you know, whatever happens, we just shit another player. Right, and everything's going to be perfect. All of our fans think that. You all think that. That's what you write about. You don't want to be here. There's a specific reason. Not really, you know, I think we did a poor job recruiting. If guys are coming in and immediately walking out the door because it was something different than what they thought it would be. And we lied to them during recruiting or we, we sold them on a dream that wasn't true. Yeah, you know, right now uh, we have the atmosphere of a, of a J.C. softball game. You know, I mean, that's what we are, J.C. softball team. As long as, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's not whether you win or lose. It's like who, the, 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 the team that wins is the one that has the most fun. You know, that crap like that. You know, all this stuff that's contaminated America where they give every kid a trophy and they don't keep scoring Little League anymore. As we want to be a big, fast, dominating, aggressive, relentless football team that nobody in the SEC wants to play. Now, that's also a second in the West, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> Winning the SEC probably is harder than winning the national championship. Do you know that? Well, how about the fucking dogs? Turn that down, you Hey, buddy, this beer's for you, Mike, and cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the pirate, and the pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State. Welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast brought to you by my bookie. I'm your host, Michael Breton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? Hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, man, I can't believe we finally made it to the end of the college football season, Shane. We got the national championship game tonight between Mm -hmm. Alabama and Ohio State. And, you know, not to keep saying the same damn thing over and over, but, you know, for months and months, we didn't even think we were going to have a season. And here we are. We're about to cap it off in just an epic title game. I'm pretty fired up about it. How about you? I'm ready for a good old ass whooping, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm ready for everybody. The whole country's watching this game thinking Ohio State has a shot, and I'm ready to watch them realize that SEC is the most dominant, powerful conference in the country, and it's going to be on full display tonight. Yes, sir. Well, hey, uh, as promised, you know, we're going to dive into this game. Lots of stuff to talk about. Heading into this matchup, but uh, before we do that, Shane, we got some uh, here we go crazy, crazy comments here from old Dan Patrick. Everybody mm-hmm. knows who that is, former ESPN anchor, and now he's you know a very successful radio guy. He's got his own uh, program there with NBC Sports, and he had some comments here about Tennessee and Georgia allegations. 
Mm-hmm. Let's kick it on over to Dan Patrick, Shane. Plus, Jalen Waddle is going to play, from what I'm told, the Alabama wide receiver will play in the uh, Monday night title game. I found out a couple other things, college football-wise. Tennessee is being investigated, and this is not good for Jeremy Pruitt. Now, we discussed this in the spring where all of a sudden we saw, boy, Tennessee got a four-star. Rec- now they got a five-star. They got another four-star. I go, uh-oh, you, you can't make it this obvious. Can't make it this obvious. It's like um, Ole Miss. Ole Miss did this a couple of years ago. Robert Kimdiche. Remember they got those guys in uh, Treadwell? We went, uh, ooh, you got to be careful. Too much, too soon at a program that normally doesn't get these players. So Jeremy Pruitt is probably walking a fine line here if he's going to be able to hold on to that job from what I'm told. And uh, I think Philip Fulmer, the athletic director, is going to come under fire here as well. But uh, let me see what else do I have here. Uh, I had a busy day yesterday. Um, let's see. So it's it's for – they're investigating for cause at Tennessee, which means show cause, which means they can fire Jeremy Pruitt. And I was also told that may cause Philip Fulmer his job as well. I was also told – boy, I'm, such, I'm full of such <laughs> great news yesterday <laughs> – I was also told Tennessee is on the clock being investigated. Next in the on-deck circle, Georgia. I was told Georgia got sloppy this year in recruiting, and or maybe it's been a couple of years, but you've got uh, the NCAA is looking at Georgia as well. Just something to keep an eye on. That's Everything that I'm telling you is what I was told yesterday by my source. In fact, two sources on the Ohio, Ohio State stuff. But keep an eye on it. Maybe there's nothing here. Maybe there's nothing at Tennessee. There's nothing at Georgia. I can only tell you what is happening in real time behind the scenes here. All right, Shane. So pretty, you know, pretty strong comments here from Dan Patrick. And it's interesting because, you know, we're well aware that there's investigation going on at Tennessee. Now he's kind of throwing Georgia out here. But it's kind of funny how at the end he's like, and maybe there's nothing to any of this. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> well, you're saying this in front of a national audience here and uh, you know, with all due respect, I am a big fan of Dan Patrick. I think he does a hell of a job. He's a great interviewer, but I do think that uh, the guy, the local, you know, beat writers and everything are much more plugged into these situations than Dan Patrick. That's just kind of my read on it. But uh, what are your thoughts as a Tennessee homer here, Shane? Dan Patrick saying, you know, could be big, big trouble here for Jeremy Pruitt. We already kind of knew that, but uh, Tennessee facing potentially major issues. Yeah, potentially. I mean, we've we've been facing major issues all season, Mike. So <laughs> it would make you think it stopped when the football games were over. So this one here, uh, something we've been we've been talking about this for over a week now, two weeks, and uh, the the longer this thing gets gets drug out, it, it makes me feel. I don't know about you, Mike, but it makes me feel like there really is something here now. Whether Tennessee's in a lot of trouble, I don't know. It's one of those. Feels like one of those lines that you got to be careful what you admit to, what you do, because you don't want to, you don't want to hurt the the program. But if you're looking for show cause to get rid of a coach, you know, obviously there's going to have to be something that comes out here, which makes me believe that there is, just because we've not had to former come out and say, hey guys, uh, you know, uh, Coach Pruitt's our guy, we're we're behind him, uh, you know, something along those lines. There's been nothing. There's been no which makes me believe that, you know, usually when they're lawyered up, 
which it feels like we are at that point, that uh, we're not going to hear anything until uh, until the hammer comes down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've not heard anything that uh, suggests Georgia's in any kind of trouble. I know they they actually just recently came out and said some violations occurred, but it was um, what's called a bump rule when you run into a guy at a you know high school and you're not supposed to, and that's a very minor violation. And and they've kind of come out and already said that occurred, and I don't think there's any penalty for it. It's it's like a minor thing where. Mm-hmm. whoever that coach is that bumped into the recruit can't recruit him anymore, but that's that's it. So hopefully nothing here for Georgia, Tennessee again. You know, kind of like you said, we've this we've been discussing this. This has been in the news for a long time, so no major revelations here, but this kind of goes to the point where this was a talking point for Texas A&M game because it got brought up immediately after the Texas A&M game, and now we are almost a month later here, and now it's – you know, big talking national news. So, yeah, it's kind of like Tennessee's just stuck in a damn limbo here, and, and who knows where it's going to be next. But it's kind of the same thing we've been spieling about here. It's, you know, decisions need to be made because, hell, we're, we got, uh, you know, co- assistant coaches being hired left and right across the mm-hmm. SEC. We got recruiting going on. We've got now the big thing is uh, transfers. We're going to get to a high profile transfer here in a second, but. Can't even add any transfers outside of that damn quarterback because who wants to go play for a coach you don't even know he's going to be there next week? You know what? Exactly, exactly, and that's that's what ball fans are frustrated about. There's there's a lot still, you know, back in Pruitt and wanting him to be successful. Then there's the other half that you know they're ready to move on, but they can't. They're just stuck there. And then you know you know what they say, man. When I was a kid, idle hands. You go get in some trouble, and that's what it feels like we're doing the longer we go. Just uh, this fan base, I'm, I mean, it's almost unbearable to get on Twitter these days. <laughs> it really is, Mike. I mean, it is depressing <laughs> as shit. <laughs> so uh, I'm not getting on there just yet. I'm going to wait till some actual news gets out. I got you. Well, hey, speaking of that, buddy, you ready to go around the league? Well, I do a lot of gambling. That helps too, Mike, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, let's do it. Now let's go around the league. My my daughters said something about me wearing a visor and need to put on a hat because I'm getting bald. So uh, so I'm going to wear a hat from here on out. I mean, if you look over the next six years, I think we played Miami three times, Florida State six times, South Florida three times, Mississippi State once. So who's the SEC teams? You know, I mean, I don't think I think it's an injustice for the kids. They should, we should mix those games up, and you should, um, you know, play more teams from the West. Why, why don't you start calling around and see if you can get somebody else to play us, and we'll play them. Uh, we'll play anybody you can get to play us. In Louisiana, hold on a second. Hey guys, hey, I'm having a press conference, okay? Thank you. All right, a big one here, Shane. Just wanted to make this uh, a talking point here. Let's jump all down to Gainesville. You know, nothing official, but uh, Mike Farrell from Rivals, one of the main guys over there at Rivals, he's come out and saying that uh, he's hearing Eric Gilbert, the the former LSU tight end, go into Florida, it sounds like. Now, again, this is not official or anything, and... From what I understand, Mike Farrell said Gilbert was uh, leaning towards Tennessee just a couple of days ago, <laughs> and and we know mm-hmm. that uh, that's not happening as of this moment. So, 
Uh, I don't know, just thoughts on that and, and how rough of a look. Not that it's, uh, you know, it's not going to be doom and gloom here for Georgia if they don't get Eric Gilbert, but is, this is a guy they th- I think they thought they were getting in high school recruiting. And, you know, I made the jokes. We all made the jokes. As soon as he opted out at LSU, we all assumed he was headed to Georgia. And I know they've got Darnell Washington, another promising freshman there, but man, how, it'd just be, it seems like to me it'd be real rough for Kirby to miss out on Gilbert twice if that happens. Yeah. I, well, the fact of the matter is, Mike, it's, it's, you got two things going on here. First off, we got to address the other news coming out of Florida was old Dan was up in New York. Did you hear that? He had his interview. Uh, the rumors were coming out. Do you see that? Or is it Tuesday? Is it Tuesday? Well, I mean, apparently there's conflicting information there. So I don't know if that's true or not, but I did. I do see what you're saying. Apparently mm-hmm. somebody said he's uh, meeting with the Jets this week, and mm-hmm. I've seen other people say he's not. So okay, who knows if, you know, what's true. But, uh, again, I don't well, know. If, I don't think we're going to get anything concrete there until the Jets make that damn higher. You know what? Okay, and let's let's pretend NFL's not in play here. We're, we're you got a kid, Eric Gilbert, Eric Gilbert, you know, highly touted athlete coming out of Georgia, mm-hmm. uh, wants to showcase that talent, and was probably promised a lot of that down there in LSU. Didn't come to fruition. So you look across our landscape here in the SEC. Where would a tight end want to go, Mike? <laughs> Do you want to go to Tennessee, where I can't even name the the two tight ends we have? Or do you want to go to Georgia that didn't use them that much? Or do you want to go to Florida that made Kyle Pitts, the you know, a, a Heisman front runner there for a few weeks? You know, so I just, I, I think if you're Eric and you're wanting to to play at the next level, or if you want to showcase your talent, it, it wouldn't be a hard sale for the Florida Gators right now. Yeah, and I, that makes a ton of sense. I mean, Gil, uh, Pitts is going to be top ten pick potentially. Oh yeah, I think he's going to be that good and. I mean, it's an easy sales pitch to make to Eric Gilbert to be the next one going to get showcased in that offense. And Florida's got, you know, not only Pitts, but uh, Tony and uh, Grimes. I mean, they got a lot of guys going off to the NFL. So there's going to be, you know, production to opportunities next season, assuming Gilbert is eligible. I don't know if he will be or not. But, yeah, I mean, if I'm looking at it from that angle, it makes a ton of sense. Because I don't even think Pitts was someone that was even that touted coming out of high school. I I think he was a three-star. I could be wrong. But mm-hmm. he wasn't a five-star like Eric Gilbert. So if I'm looking at it from that angle, I mean, you just got to think that uh, Dan Mullen and, and his staff, and, and of course they've got uh, Tim Brewster, the noted tight ends coach down there now. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it makes a ton of sense, you know, that Florida was not in this high school recruitment. But I can certainly see why he would be leaning towards – joining the Gators, if that is true. Yeah, definitely, man. So there's just there's too much uncertainty right now at Tennessee. I, I wouldn't want to put my and – and I'm a Tennessee Vol fan, man, but just as an outsider looking in, why would you want to put your eggs in that basket when you don't even know what the hell this program's going to look like next year? You're, I'm sure all these other coaches are, are bad-mouthing Tennessee right now saying, hey, man, you don't want to go up there. Hell, Pruitt ain't going to even be there you know, tomorrow. So – uh, I, I'm sure that's going on. And with Georgia, I mean, you know, it would make the case if, if the case him being homesick was really the, the true meaning of it. I mean, you want to talk about 
his real shot for immediate eligibility, you would think would be going to it, you know, Athens because he could really make the case that he's was homesick, you know, but you move off to Florida. I think you're sitting out a year, man. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Unless he plays quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. All right, Shane. Uh, well, speaking of uh, LSU and Gilbert's obvious connection there, let's jump all down to Baton Rouge real quick. Go Tigers. Man, big news here because, you know, we were talking up the Cincinnati defensive coordinator, Marcus Freeman, mm-hmm. and I believe it was football scoop cited many sources saying, Hey, they're, He's expected to take the defensive coordinator position. A uh, guy down on the radio down there. I can't think of who it was, but uh, the guy that used to play fullback for LSU. His, his name will come to me after the after we oh, get done here. Yeah. But he went on the radio and said they're on the one-yard line. I mean, they were this close to getting Marcus Freeman. But at the end of the day, he decided to go with Notre Dame. So LSU does uh, not have a defensive coordinator still at the moment. But I, from what I understand, this had more to do with uh, staying closer to where he's from. He's from Ohio, and I think he had some family reasons. So it was not one of these, you know, where he thinks Notre Dame is a better school than LSU or anything. But uh, it is what it is. And uh, Coach O now here struck out with his main defensive coordinator candidate. <sighs> Feels like it, Mike. Feels like it. I, it's it kind of surprised. Does this surprise you? I mean, this is like one of those positions. If you think a year's past that if, if there is a vacancy, it's not open long. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Alabama offensive coordinator, LSU defensive coordinator. Those those two positions are usually filled just like that. And there's a long line of people begging to take that because it's a step stone uh, to, to better, bigger things. So just kind of surprises me that uh, LSU was unable to secure that right now. Uh, who's, who's next on their short list? Well, Shane, this – you may need to sit down for this one because from what I'm hearing, and I'm not saying it's going to happen, but from what I understand, the next guy on their list, the one they're pursuing now, is one Barry Odom, mm. Arkansas defensive coordinator. And at first glance, you know, I've been very vocal. I didn't think Barry Odom would leave Arkansas, and I, I still don't. I don't think he will, but uh, it's very interesting. I'm hearing that he's even... I don't want to say bothered is the right word, but he's, you know, we even played the damn clip of Sam Pittman with the yes, sir. I mean, I put that out there because that's what Sam Pittman did. And mm-hmm. the AD uh, there, Hunter Juracek, you know, celebrating, you know, keeping Odom and all this. And from what I understand, Shane, he has not agreed to anything. He's not signed anything. What happened was apparently they offered him a big raise there at Arkansas. Yeah. And I guess, you know, maybe that maybe he did – I don't know this, but maybe he, he must have verbally said, you know, I'll accept the raise or whatever. But to what I understand, he's not signed anything. And if you – he'll just go to his Twitter feed. He's not retweeted any of this. You know, these fans saying he's staying or the head coach or the AD, he's not been involved in any of it. So, mm. again, I'm not saying Barry Odom is going to leave. But from what I understand, that's LSU's guy. That's the guy they're going to go after now. And – Man, that would be a tough blow for Arkansas to lose him to a to a division rival, and I hope certainly hope for their sake it doesn't happen. Yeah, because that would ruin the story, Mike. You know, it's just like <laughs> yeah. Arkansas's got a good thing going. They got all these guys coming back. They got the staff coming back, and uh, it just feels like you know twenty twenty one is going to be Arkansas's year. And uh, this would be an absolute 
tear. Uh, I mean, this would be worse than a blow, man, because uh, he was a, he was a focal piece of that team. And, uh, you know, I, I understand he's got to do what's best for him and his family, but uh, I don't know. I, I, I think sticking around wouldn't hurt because there's a lot of folks that are, that are eager to have coach. I, I would imagine at the end of next season, he'd have head coaching opportunities again, you know? Right. Um, not saying that he won't down there in LSU, but man, that'd be a huge blow, brother. Mm-hmm. So if he doesn't take it, I think safe to assume, you know, you may not even see this, you know, stories on it or anything, but if he stays at Arkansas, I think it's because he told LSU no. So just keep that mm-hmm. in the back of your mind. And one other name that I'm hearing target for uh, coach Ogeron is Saints, New Orleans Saints defensive line coach. Ryan Nielsen. Now, of course, uh, Coach O's got a pretty tight relationship there with uh, the New Orleans Saints and Sean Payton. And, of course, that's where he got Joe Brady. And Mm -hmm. he coached Nielsen, I believe it was at USC. And I think think he may have even gotten his coaching career started as a a player following his playing career. So, there's a connection there. We all know Coach O's love for defensive line and all that, but uh, the Saints have an outstanding defensive line, and Ryan Nielsen's a, you know, that would be a nice, nice uh, boost up. I know it's, it would be going from NFL to college, but go from defensive line to defensive coordinator would be a huge promotion for Ryan Nielsen. So that's another mm-hmm. name to keep your eye out on. Speaking of Brady, I, he also had an interview at the Jets Tuesday. I think this week. I keep saying Tuesday. Hell, one day this week. It, it seems like that's what that's the way it feels like the NFL is playing out right now. I'm no insider, but it just really feels like Urban Meyer is going to take that Jacksonville job, mm-hmm. and then Joe Brady's going to take that Jets job, and, and they're going to be sitting there with Fields and, uh, and and sunshine down there in Florida. So that's that's the way I I see this thing playing out. Maybe that's why Dan is, you know, he's like, well, shit, maybe I should start recruiting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hey, the, the coaching carousel's not done yet because we got another stop here. Let's jump all down to Columbia, South Carolina, Sharon, where right before we hopped on, they made this official. South Carolina has hired offensive coordinator Marcus Satterfield and defensive coordinator Clayton White. And, man, Shane, I didn't know I was pissing oh. off all of Gamecock Nation here, but – all I said was I thought the appeal was of Shane Beamer was we're going to hire some elite coordinators here, and I never heard of these guys. Have you? No, no, and that's and I'm with you, man. I I, I know you you did kick a corner. When I keep getting tagged, I'm like, what the hell did Mike get into now? <laughs> you know, so I'm looking over there. I'm like, damn, he done pissed the whole game cognition off. So yeah, me and you were both talking that we were expecting a big hire mainly on the defensive side of the ball. And uh, I don't feel like we got it. I, I know a lot of people are excited about this cat coming in, but to go from Coach Steele and, and potential, you know what I'm saying, and, and Coach Bobo. And, and after that, it was those. Derek Mason. They said they were get, they were about to hire Derek yeah. Mason. I mean, you go from names like that to this. It's and just, then remember they tried to get I, Zach Arnett. I mean, this was this is like their fifth guy on the list. So for all these South yeah, Carolina fans saying – and you no, know, I've done a little bit more research on this Clayton White. I, I don't think this is a terrible hire or anything, but uh, this is just not what I was expecting. You know, I mean, we yeah. we're Shane Beamer's the lowest paid coach in the SEC right now, 
And mm-hmm. I thought the re- the rationale behind that was we're just going to, you know, we're, he's going to have $2 million coordinators. You know what I mean? Right. And we hired the assistant offensive line coach for the Carolina Panthers as our new offensive coordinator. Here's his resume, Shane. Uh, before he was assistant, he was not even the offensive line coach. He was the assistant offensive line coach, so he's below that guy. He coached Baylor's tight ends for two years. He was uh, ETSU head coach in 2016 and 2017. They fired him after going 6-16. Six and 16. And then prior to that, he did have a decent job. He was at uh, Temple with uh, Matt Rule. He was the offensive coordinator, but he wasn't even there for their best year. So, again, I'm not saying just because you know I'm not familiar with this guy because he's not done a whole lot. I'm not saying these are terrible hires. I mean, I got more faith in Shane Beamer to – make these decisions than, than myself. Right. Certainly. But I don't know. I mean, I just thought, uh, you know, I guess the one positive here, and this is something that a lot of South Carolina fans, you know, said to me, and I totally agree. And this is the same thing you and I have been saying, at least they're not just going back to these retreads. They're not going back to these saving assistants and, yeah. you know, they're trying something different. They're bringing in fresh blood to uh, South Carolina. Uh, I guess it's just not the guys that I thought we were getting and hell i hope i hope the best for him but uh this is gonna be a tough climb i think yeah but you know i'm i'm kind of with you there i'm with the fans i i think this is you know if, for everything that's happened these last few years it, it's time to try something different because what we're what we keep doing what we keep rehashing isn't working it's still has Nick Saban up top with the Alabama. It has Kirby up top with the Georgia Bulldogs, and you know, and and Dan's coming up. You know, I just, I, I just, I, I think it is time to do something different. But I'm with you. I, I thought we were going to go a little bit different route, maybe a little. You know, I, I thought there would be some sort of splashy hire with the coordinators, but um, I guess we're not going to do that. You know, and it's going to save South Carolina a ton of money, which you know. For starters, you know you gotta you gotta pay pay off Muschamp, mm-hmm. okay? So we we gotta take care of that, and um, you know who knows this could be the hire. This we may look back and say, damn, this was the best move South Carolina could have made right here. So I'm not I'm not gonna judge I, now after a, a season. I'm gonna judge a lot, but maybe after two couple games, you know, I'm, I may get a little judgy, but. Uh, I want to see what they do. They got a lot of young talent down there in South Carolina. They got a lot of things to work with. The main thing is, I want to see how well these coordinate, how well this new staff recruits. Um, you know, because if you can keep that coming in, keep those recruits coming in. I mean, if you can lock down your own borders there, which is tough to do with Clemson sitting right there. But if you could do that and be competitive, you know, South Carolina can stay in any game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, well, hell, we didn't know Joe Brady when he got hired. Uh, mm-hmm. We didn't know much about Eli Drinkwitz. We thought that was kind of laughable. He's been yeah. outstanding. A lot of people laughed off Sam Pittman, not us, but hell, I mean, he was outstanding. So, you know, that's what you got to hope for if you're South Carolina. You got some guys that want to be here, and hell, nobody likes Bobo down there anymore. So, any anyone but Bobo is an upgrade to a lot of those fans. It certainly sounds like. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. I South Carolina, like I said, they they may have something and. and you know, it's it's. I, I get it. I get how some folks are are frustrated over there, but there's a lot of optimism as well. They're just ready for something different, and uh, so maybe that's what they needed. And 
and who knows, like I said, we may look back at this staff and say, you know, they got some real gems here. They, it, it's a, it's a growing prop. That's the thing. It, it, you know, there's a lot of times you look and the, the resume looks perfect. Trust me as a Tennessee volunteer fan, when I was looking at these assistant coaches on our team, there was a lot of times I was saying, yeah, these guys are going to be perfect. This is going to be awesome, man. These guys can recruit, you know, it's just mm-hmm. like you pump yourself up and then you get the end of the season, you're disappointed and things didn't work out, but you can look at a different team like in Arkansas or something, and, you, and you're looking back and saying, damn, that, that was a hell of a hire, you know? And next thing you know, you, the people are trying to poach your assistant. So that, that may be that situation there in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. All right, Shane, let's take a break from the show because we got a new sponsor. The podcast is sponsored by Justin Hamilton of the federalsavingsbank.com. There's no better time right now, Shane, to refinance or buy a home because interest rates are as lower than they've ever been. Hit up our guy, Justin Hamilton, over at the federalsavingsbank.com. He actually hooked up Cousin Joe, refinanced his home, saving him $400 a month, he says. So this is someone that uh, we personally can vouch for. If you got any questions, you can reach out to us. We can tell you about the fine work uh, Justin Hamilton is doing over there at the Federal Savings Bank. And make sure you told them that uh, Mike and Cousin Shane sent you that way. And if you're interested in uh, what Justin's got going on over there, we're going to put his information in the show notes. So one last time, that's uh, Justin Hamilton at the federalsavingsbank.com. Tell them Mike and Cousin Shane sent you. I want to remind the listeners we're brought to you by my bookie. Head on over to mybookie.ag today with that promo code that SEC. It's the most wonderful time of the year, Shane. <laughs> we all deserve a win. We all deserve a little extra money in our pocket. And we all deserve to have a little fun. So the only place you're guaranteed to get all three, you know where that is, Shane. Mybookie.ag, the only sports book that doesn't care whether you're naughty or nice this year. We got gifts for everybody. <laughs> Sign on up. Today, receive a ultimate stocking stuffer, a 50% deposit match up to $1,000 using that promo code, that SEC. That's T-H-A-T-S-E-C. Head on over to mybookie.ag. They got uh, NFL football, college football, college basketball, NBA, NFL, MMA. They got it all. Head on over to mybookie.ag today using that promo code, that SEC. Head on over to my bookie. Made the make the most of your holidays this weekend and strut into 2021 with some cash in your pocket. Doesn't that sound good, Shane? Oh, I love cash, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> well, head on over to my bookie. Hey, one last thing, Shane, before we uh, get into this uh, national championship game breakdown. Let's go down to the plains. War damn eagle. Because Brian Harson's he's starting to put together his staff. He's nearly complete here and. Uh, you know, I thought a good week for the Auburn Tigers after getting Mike Bobo and Derek Mason and everybody. Now they've got, uh, he's decided to keep running backs coach Cadillac Williams. Mm. We all know about Cadillac's history in the SEC. He's a hell of a recruiter. Mm-hmm. He's got those running backs, you know, performing at a high level right now. He's, he's you know, this is smart. You got you to gotta do everything you can to keep Tank involved. Mm-hmm. Give him the same uh, running backs coach. That's big. And then they just hired corners coach Zach Etheridge. And, of course, Auburn fans all know that name. He was uh, most recently at Houston as their corners coach, but he was a captain 
on Auburn's 2010 national title team. So I think this is a really smart move by uh, Brian Harson bringing in someone who's uh, you know part of the Auburn family, someone that can sell that vision, what it's like to win at the highest level at Auburn. And then uh, last but not least, they hired a linebackers coach, Jeff Smelding. And uh, this is uh, someone that was on his staff up there at Boise State. So, you know, they're bringing – it's very interesting what Harson's doing here. He's, it's a mix of the guys that he knows and, and know his system and can help, you know, implement it. But at the same time, a heavy, heavy SEC and Auburn influence. So, you know, obviously it, it doesn't really matter what uh, – you know, the, the moves that Auburn makes till we see him on the field. But, you know, I got to be honest with you, Shane. Ever since, uh, you know, they hired Brian Harson, I think every step that he's making, it looks like a right one to me. Yeah, I, th- I thought the Cadillac was a, obviously – that's one of those, like, hires you just – you have to have, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, he's, a, he's a big part. Everybody loves him down there. He is a hell of a recruiter. Uh, it seems like he, he was pretty good with the running backs. And if you did want to keep Tank, might as well keep the guy that got him there. So, uh, did he, did, I don't know, did he get Tank down there? He did, didn't he? Yeah, he was, um, yeah. I would, I would imagine he's a big part of that, uh, recruitment for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Tank and Cadillac, ain't that something? Yeah, those two <laughs> need to stay together. <laughs> All right, buddy. Hey, we spieled on long enough. You ready to talk the national championship? Let's do it! Big throw, here is Devontae Smith, goodbye. Monday night, 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Central, from Miami, Hard Rock Stadium, Alabama, and Ohio State, the Crimson Tide, favored by 8, and the over-under, 75 and a half. Uh, I'm going to just rattle off a couple 
keys to the game, in my, in my opinion, Shane. Just, I mean, obvious goes without saying. These these first two, unfortunately, these are kind of uh, you know the dark clouds hanging over this game. Not necessarily for Alabama, but just in general, I guess. Justin mm-hmm. Fields, his health, obviously those ribs, how they feeling, and Ohio mm-hmm. State's COVID issues. You know, there's speculation that uh, Ohio State could be down some defensive linemen, and we already know Alabama's got uh, the best offensive line. Them and Texas A&M, you know, one, two, however you want to put it, best offensive line in the country. So Ohio State can't really stand to lose a lot of defensive linemen, in my opinion. So those are kind of the two big things that I, the two biggest. I got a couple more, but uh, what are your thoughts on on Justin Fields' health and and Ohio State's COVID issues? Can you, do you have any other <laughs> storylines that are bigger than that, in your opinion? No. In fact, uh, I got my pit barrel cooker. Uh, cooker. I'm going to have that out Monday. We're going to be smoking some ribs, Mike, in honor of the national championship because I think it's going to be a huge factor. Uh, you're going to hear here a little bit. Phils doesn't want to talk about it. <laughs> but um, they try to push this thing off, and, and they try to blame COVID and everything like that. But I'm glad nobody buckled in, and that's why I like this game. I like this spread. You know, uh, as a gambler, be careful which site you get on because some of them are a little bit different. I, I've got, I've been on all of them, my bookie. I've been on, but there's some that's got this game at nine and a half, nine, even ten. I've seen one, and I still see a few at a seven and a half. So just be careful if you are putting some money on this game, uh, which site you're going to be doing it on. Hmm. All right, well, speaking of Justin Fields, one other key in relation to him is going to be Alabama's ability to get to Justin Fields, Shane. Check out these mm-hmm. stats from uh, Brad Edwards of ESPN. Justin Fields, number one in the nation in completion percentage when facing no pressure. So obviously he's outstanding. But when he is pressured, Shane, that drops all the way down. He's 43rd in the nation in completion percentage when facing pressure. Based on that alone, you have to know that Alabama is going to be coming after Justin Fields in this matchup. Uh, Let's kick it over to Justin Fields. He spoke just the other day, and he was asked about uh, his status for the national championship game. Yeah, on your status, how you're feeling, how you think it might be affected. And, uh, and if you want to clarify anything that you said after the game about, about how everything was handled. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, what I said after the game was kind of taken out of context, context. Um, you know, I just want to make one thing clear that it's, it's that I have, you know, my, my full trust is in the trainers here at Ohio state and uh, Dr. Borcher. So I wasn't, you know, you know, I guess hesitant on taking anything that they would give me, but I was just trying to do whatever I could do to, to get back in the field. And uh, I, I think those those guys handled it, you know, the the way I would have wanted it to be handled. So um, I, I just just put put my full trust in those guys, and you know, I I, I see you know how they you know, deal with guys here, and I have personal relationships with, with with all of them. So I just don't want anything I said, you know, in the in the post game interview to kind of get taken out of context and just be like, oh, they just shot him up and, and, and sent him back out there. No, nah, it, it, it wasn't like that. I think they did a full, you know. I guess, analysis of, you know, my, my injury and uh, how it was. And, and they thought they, they, they did what they thought was best. So, um, yeah, I, I was, I was fully comfortable with that, but um, I'll be, I'll be good come, come Monday night. And you don't think you'll be affected at all? 
I'll be good by Monday night. All right, Shane. So, I mean, there you have it from Justin Fields. And once again, I'll repeat these stats from Brad Edwards because these are the, you know, of everything I've read leading up to this national championship, this is probably the biggest one. Justin Fields, first in the nation in completion percentage, facing no pressure, 43rd in the nation in completing completion percentage when facing pressure. I mean, how is that not going to be the key to the game? You know what? No, I think pressure is key. Uh, obviously, you, the numbers don't lie, Mike. And and that's one thing. He had a little bit of trouble, you know, last time he was in the SEC was uh, was against a little little pressure. So I, I imagine Nick Saban's going to have some things dialed up. And, you know, you talked about some other storylines. One a couple of things I, that I am interested in is just the – the competitive depth that we have because you got Bama here, obviously not limited by these COVID numbers. You know, I, I think they're going to be a little bit deeper and that's going to allow that front four to, you know, kind of cycle in and out. And, and I'm sure uh, Saban's going to take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, another big one going into this game, Ohio State's ability to cover Devonta Smith. It just doesn't seem <laughs> to be – you can't. You just can't, Mike. <laughs> no, <you know? laughs> no it, it doesn't matter what defense he's playing. I mean, the, the only one that really did it was Arkansas, and I, I think it was just because they committed so much attention to him. And, and what happened? I mean, Alabama scored 55 points. No, excuse me, 52 points in that game just because they gave him so much uh, attention that it just freed up everybody else to do whatever the hell they yeah. wanted. So, and that was like a, not even a competitive game. So, I mean, you can't even do that. So, you know, you, I don't know if it's smart to go one-on-one with uh, Devonta Smith, but uh, Ohio state defensive back, Sean Wade chain, their number one corner. Mm-hmm. You know who he wants. He, t- he says it right here. Let's, let's <laughs> kick it over to Sean Wade. Sean, every cornerback measures himself by what they can do one-on-one. Who, out of all those players at Alabama, who do you want? Who do you want a chance to go up against? Oh, uh, you know, you already know who I want to go up against. Um, at the end of the day, but at the end of the day, well, we we just focus on this win and the way of getting the win. At the end of the day, what Coach Pond say every day is we got to win by one point to get the national championship, and that, that was the goal. At the end of the day, um, at the end of the day, we got to put the best on the best, and then just go from there, play different things, and just go from there. So I'm, I'm assuming that's Devontae that you want to go against. Um, yeah. How much, I mean, how much do you, how much do you want to look forward to that challenge of going against the Heisman Trophy winner in the national championship game? With Devontae, he's a great player, very, very shifty, quick and fast. Um, you, you see it on, you see it on his highlights. So he, he could do everything in, in the book as a receiver and just really, really looking for that matchup at the end of the day. Just want to win that game. All right, Shane. So, man, good luck with that, buddy. If Devonta Smith's the one you want, I mean, I'm, I'm going to take the Heisman Trophy winner every single time. But, uh, of course, that's going to be a big matchup. And then here's a couple others that I've got, Shane. Alabama's ability to attack the edge of Ohio State's defense because we saw Clemson do that in the playoff game. They had a lot of success. But then Ohio State adjusted to it really well. So, I'm going to be, you know, really interested to see how uh, Steve Sarkeesian and the chess match against Ohio State's defensive guys go. But to me, the key to the game, everyone's talking up, you know, we don't watch it or cover Ohio State. So it's not like I have have in-depth analysis on their offense. But, you know, everyone that I talk to says Ryan Day 
is just, uh, you know, he's on a different level when it comes to play calling. And I certainly saw that against the Clemson defense. So how does the Nick Saban, Ryan Day chess match go? And because he, I mean, he had every answer against Clemson, which I thought had a good Mm -hmm. defense, but I guess they don't. And so that's kind of the biggest key to the game to me is uh, how Nick Saban's defense matches up with Ryan Day's offense. I think it's going to define the game. No, and, and, you know, I hate to keep going back to the NFL, but there was uh, one person said that if they don't get Urban Meyer down there in Jacksonville, that Coach Day is going to be the next man up. So that's there, there's a lot of people interested in uh, in his coaching ability. So and, and say what you want. I, I give Ohio State a hard time, but, you know, they, they've battled quite a bit of stuff themselves, and, they keep finding the, uh, you know, they keep finding a way to get into the college football playoffs, and that's not by accident. They're, you know, he's he's been coaching some good teams, and you know, you think back on, uh, I don't know, you remember that game with Alabama and Clemson for the national championship, and Clemson ended up winning that thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, we got to the end of that, and we we thought, man, Saban got out coached. And that's what it felt like. It felt like Saban didn't have an answer for anything. But I think he did a lot of learning, man. I, and I know that's crazy to, to say, you know, you're, you've got a coach here that's going for the the all-time record for national championships uh, winning college football coach. And uh, it, But that's the thing. He, he never settles. And I guarantee he's probably watched that Clemson game more than anybody and, and figured out where he messed up along the way. And I say that to say this because this year we kept looking for holes in Alabama. We kept looking for excuses on why another team can give the Crimson Tide a fit. And it didn't matter what the situation, it didn't matter what the team or the dynamics or who's hurt or who's healthy or COVID or COVID not or even Saban's there or not, you know, they found a way to not only win, but dominate every single game, every aspect of the game. And, and I just think that's, that's, that's why Nick Saban's the best. He never settles. He's always continuing to grow and, and, and groom. And, and these kids, they're, they're fired up. Don't think they using some of this rat poison that's coming out with cord, you know, the quarterback coming out saying he wants Devontae or, or have you seen that little video with the guy holding the trash can? He made the joke and he's with a Bama fan, you know, and all this stuff. They're using all that down there. Saban is in the minds of these athletes. You got Waddle coming back off a major, a major injury, suited up, rehabbed, ready to go because he wants to help his team. That's the mentality of the Crimson Tide right now. So I, I'm saying all that to say this: it doesn't matter what beautiful clip you got at Coach Day or or what angle he used at Clemson, blah, blah, blah. I'm telling you, Alabama is focused. They're going to come in there and they're going to kick some ass, Mike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, I just – I'm ready, man. I, I, I've i never been so excited to watch I, – I, I'm a Tennessee fan, man. I, third Saturday in, in October, guess what? I hate Alabama. But, you know, I'm one of those guys that if we ain't playing, I'm rooting for you because I am an SEC homer. And, and I just I, I've never been more excited to watch a team beat another team. Now, if they lose, by God, Mike, I'm turning off my Twitters. I'm turning off all that. I ain't getting back on here for a couple of days. I'm gonna pout a little bit, and I'll get back on here and 
you know, congratulate Ohio State Buckeyes, but I just don't see it happening, man. I really don't. Mm-hmm. Me and my dogs don't even see it happen. <laughs> you know? Well, <laughs> well, you mentioned there, Ryan Day. Let's. Uh, I got a couple clips here. This is from Sunday. So uh, th- these are the mo- the last time Nick Saban and Ryan Day meet with the media before the national championship game. They talk about their senior classes, and uh, you know, they're those players, some of the best classes ever at each program meeting on the field here on Monday evening. Saban gives uh, injury updates for Malachi Moore, LeBron Ray, and Jalen Waddle, who I think is going to play and, and play quite a bit uh, on how focused some of these Alabama coaches are that are moving on. It sounds like, you know, this is uh, maybe the smoothest it's ever been for Nick Saban dealing with one of these situations. And then Ryan Day on the pressure of Ohio State having to score basically every time out to match up with Alabama. This one is for you, Coach Saban. I wanted to ask about the class of 2017 that's now the seniors here. You know, I don't know if you want to go into hypotheticals, but given how the return of Alex Leatherwood and Devonta Smith and Najee Harris really has shaped both sides of the ball for you, you know, what do you think that, do you think this Alabama team would be here if those seniors had decided not to stay? Well, I think all three of those guys have done a, an outstanding job for our team, not only in terms of the way they've played, uh, the standard of excellence that they've sort of competed to, but also in their leadership uh, and how they've impacted, you know, other players. Um, we had four other players in this class that are pretty significant players. Um, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, um, Tua, and Xavier McKinney, who all did go out for the draft. So. Uh, this was an outstanding class. Um, I think these guys have competed at a high level. They've been great ambassadors for the University of Alabama. And I think they've made a significant impact on our team this year. And hard to say where we'd be without them, uh, but we're certainly happy to have them with us. Actually, I had a very similar question for Ryan regarding the 2018 class. Your 2017 class last year with um some of the guys it had, I think it came in with really high expectations and, and, and large filled them in this year's 2018 group had, had to kind of do the same. What, I guess, what have you seen from that class stepping up? And it, it's a lot of them uh, other than maybe Chris, but a lot of these guys have maybe made their, the biggest contributions for the first time. Yeah. I mean, first off, when you, when you look at this senior group, um, you know, just tremendous, you know, four, uh, big 10 championships, um, and they'll go down probably as one of the more successful groups to ever come through. And then as you see some of the younger guys step up, um, you know, it's, it's been tremendous. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, you have to make your impact early on and not wait around because, you know, by the time you get to that third year, um, you know, there's certain guys that, you know, decide that they want to declare for the draft and, and, and move on. And, uh, you know, we've had several of the guys who have done that and so you, you can't you can't be patient. I mean, you got to push to get on the field. And I think a lot of those guys have done that. And certainly in in that 18 class, um, you know, they've they've pushed to get on the field early, and they've made their impact felt. And because of that, you know, we've had an opportunity to play in this game. This is for Coach Saban. Just do you have an update on Malachi Moore and LeBron Ray ahead of this game? Uh, Malachi Moore is probably still very questionable for the game. Uh, LeBron Ray. Uh, probably a little bit more probable. Uh, he's been able to practice this week, and um, hopefully we'll get some contribution from him. 
Yeah, so this question is for Nick. Uh, Nick, can you can you talk about how Jalen Waddle has handled the workload of practice this week and, and any update on his status for uh, tomorrow? Well, he has been able to practice to some degree. I think the biggest challenge is, you know, can he sustain um, in the game? And it'll be a game time decision as to whether he thinks he can play and go out there and do his job well enough to contribute to the team. Um, and we won't know that until we get out there after pregame warm-up. Hi, Ryan. Just kind of similarly that was asked earlier, but do you view getting to this stage, and, and obviously you would like to, to win tomorrow night, but is getting to this point in the season and playing in the national championship game a win in of itself because there was so much uncertainty for the last five months? Well, I mean, no one ever talks about getting to the national championship. They talk about winning the national championship. You know, along the way, there are certain goals that you have to reach to get to this point, uh, but the ultimate goal is to win this game. Um, so, you know, when you have your goals of, um, you know, beating your rival, of winning the conference, of, um, you know, winning the semifinal, and then finally uh, this game, you, know, you have to check off those boxes. But uh, ultimately, uh, this is the final goal, and that's what all the focus is on right now. Ryan, good morning. How are you, sir? Good, Clay. Hey, uh, Kerry Combs pointed out the other day that uh, Alabama has five All-Americans on offense, a Heisman winner, and a couple of runner-ups. Um, what is the sense of urgency for your offense to score and score early and often? I mean, is this the sort of game that could get in the 40s or 50s? Well, uh, they have a very good defense. Um, they're very, very well coached. They have a powerful front. Um, you know, they do a great job in the back ends, uh, really good players. So, uh, you know, you got to take it one play at a time. And you never know how games like this are going to play out. Uh, they certainly have great weapons on offense. Um, you know, the quarterback is tremendous. The f offensive line is as good as I've seen. Running back, um, I mean, they're, they're as talented in offense and play as clean as I've seen. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you got to be on your game, but you can't go into a game other than just trying to get the first first down. For Nick, you have some staff members who will or could be moving on to other jobs after this game. Just how has the level of focus and, and preparation been this week uh, amongst those coaches? Well, I think our coaching staff has done a really good job working with our players. Um, you know, Stark is the one guy that has shown great maturity, I think, and uh, how he's handled his situation, you know, moving on to be a head coach, which is what he's worked for. And we're happy for him relative to the opportunity that he's created for himself by the great job that he's done for us here. Um, but I have no complaints at all with the way our coaches have, you know, sort of handled the situation. And I think everybody is, you know, sort of, um, you know, wants to do the best job that they can for the players so that the players, you know, have the best opportunity to have success in the game against a very good team. Yeah, Ryan, I wonder if you could, uh, how uh, Justin Fields looked the last couple of days in practice. You expect him to be pretty close to 100% on Monday night. And then uh, following that, as you prepared for this game, what is, what is something that's kind of surprised you a little bit about this Alabama team uh, from your vantage point? Uh, yeah, Justin's had a good week of practice. Um, you know, he's, he's done a really good job preparing, and I think that's the thing that he felt like he did a good job going into last last game was just preparing at a high level, and he's continued to do that this week. Um, 
I mean, in terms of surprise, I mean, no. I mean, you know, when you play Alabama, you expect them to be really, really well coached, really good fundamentally, um, you know, really good tacklers, hands. In, I mean, just so many things that they do a great job of. Um, so, no, I mean, when you're playing against a team like this, you know, you kind of expect, um, you know, a high level of play, really good personnel, really good scheme. All right, Shane, so there you have it from the coaches. And uh, I know you're ready to make your pick. I'm ready to make your pick, or I'm ready to make my pick. <laughs> but, uh, hey, before we get to that real quick, you know, this is uh, such a unique game. There's so much hype around it. You can actually bet on props going into this one. And uh, I've got a couple I wanted to throw out here, Shane, before we make our, you know, final picks for the game. You ready to uh, to talk some prop bets? Hell yeah, man. All right, so keep in mind, again, these are not exactly, you know, my predictions, but I'm looking at at the value as well. And first one is MVP of the national championship game. I believe Devonta Smith and Mac Jones are the two favorites, and certainly I would agree with that. I think those are your two guys that are most likely going to win MVP. But for me, the best value, I'm going Najee Harris. Shane, six to one to win that MVP. That's that's the one I really like. And if for some crazy reason you're thinking Ohio State could pull this out, they're running back Trey Sermon at ten to one. That's another one I I like. But again, Mm-mm. not leaning towards that one. I'm I'm leaning toward no. Najee Harris six to one. I think that's a really good prop bet. And uh, how about this one, Shane? You know, everyone thinks that uh, these two teams are going to score a ton of, ton of points. And it certainly could happen. But uh, there's a prop bet that the final score, the total points, 61 to 70. That would be under, that would be under, obviously. That's uh, plus 340. So basically three and a half to one. I really like that one. And then uh, my two favorites, longest touchdown of the game under, Mm-hmm. 67 and a half. I mean, that's that's a hell of a long touchdown. That's my favorite bet. And then my next one, will either team score three unanswered times in a row? No, two and a half to one. I mean, I think those are easy money right there. Do you have any uh, prop bets that you really like going into this one? I like the Harris one, man, um, because I really think, uh, you say unsung hero, uh, that's one of those guys that's just, he's, he's just been so steady Eddie, you know? And, uh, I think when this thing does get up, I, I think they lean hard on that running game and, and I just think Harris dices them up. So, um, I like that. I like him for an MVP. Mm-hmm. Plus, did you see, I mean, did you see the, the hurdle last week? Mike? I mean, <laughs> the guy just showed you he's an athlete as well. So, uh, all that attention on Smith and these wide receivers and Waddle and all them coming out. Uh, don't be surprised if this ain't a ground ground and pound game, you know. So that's that's why I like that one. Mm-hmm. All right, Shane. So who are you gonna go pick with this? Uh, let's get the, our picks in. And again, you kind of noted it there. It depends on where you're seeing the line. Some places seven and a half, mm-hmm. some eight, nine, all the way up to ten. Um, I yep. I got it at eight right now. What's your pick for this one? Well, I've got. I got in on the lowest I saw was seven and a half, and that was on FanDuel. Uh, so that's where I put my money on. It's now up to eight and a half. Um, DraftKings is up to nine. 
so you may want to steer clear unless you're you're betting the Buckeyes for some weird reason. But anyway, I'm going to go over. It don't matter if it's 19 points. I still would have went over in this game, Mike. Are we doing score predictions now? Yes, sir. <laughs> hey, man, I, 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 you know, this is it. This is the final game of the year. Um, uh, I'm looking forward to it going out. I mean, it's been a fantastic weekend, Mike. It really has. Saturday football, Sunday football, Monday football. I mean, just think, it's the last time we're going to have three days in a row of football. So I, I've been soaking it up, sponging it up. Um, and it's going to end with a with a fantastic game uh, by a fantastic team. Where I think we're going to look back and talk about just how dominant we. Don't, I think we realize just how dominant this team really is because Alabama, like I said, has come in every matchup, uber prepared, overconfident, and and just performing well, hitting on all cylinders. So I don't expect anything different here. A lot of rat poison coming out from Ohio State. So I think that's going to be the deciding factor and why this thing's going to get ugly quicker than later. Uh, so I got Alabama winning this game 42, Ohio State 24. Not even a ball game, Mike. This thing's knocked out by half. Well. <laughs> Tell me why I'm right, baby. <laughs> I could have seen that coming from you, you big SEC homer. But uh, – mm-hmm. Man, I was blown away by Ohio State last week and just their domination of Clemson. I mean, they they got down 7-0, but beyond that, they took in total control of that game. Justin Fields looked like, you know, even banged up Justin Fields was uh, incredibly, incredibly tough and accurate with the football. Trey Sermon, I had never really watched him play. He looks like, you know... The only other running back I've seen as good as him, maybe Najee Harris this year. I don't know, Shane. And that that Ohio State defensive line getting after Clemson, I mean, they dominated that game. That was the difference in the game. Ohio State looking like a team on a mission, Shane, ready to go out there and prove the nation wrong. But then I go back to – Training camp in Tuscaloosa, Shane, and what was it? It was a damn team on a mission. It all we hear, I mean, every damn clip we played, and it was everyone I heard for about a month was about revenge mm-hmm. and disrespect, and how my God, we lost two games last year, and that was the most devastating season of Nick Saban's career. <laughs> and now that they're so close to the finish line, I don't think there's a damn chance that they let up Mm-mm. with uh, their goal within reach so i'm right there with you buddy alabama 45 ohio state 35 alabama wins alabama covers Mm-mm-mm. i like it mike now, let me ask you another little prop bet here if Saban wins this natty which we both predict he will how many will this be for him I believe six. How many the bear have? I think five. So saving done after this? Does he hang it up? We've been saying it for about every season, so let's just say it again. He's done. He's done, man. I just, I don't know, man. There's just something. I've got this. I know Bama fans don't want to hear that, but I think, you know, Saban's a prideful man, and he was going over that record. Now, he may go back and say, hey, I I don't want to just beat that record. I want to crush that record, but – 
you know, a lot of talent going to be going to the NFL next year. And, and, you know, I'm not saying that Bama won't have the, the roster to compete again, but you know, these, these guys have been, these guys have been fantastic this season. Like I said, I think we look back and talk about some of the great teams and, and I think 2020 Alabama is going to be on that radar. So, uh, you know, the only thing that makes me think, uh, Saban is there's no chance he retires. What's that? Is the fact that Steve Sarkeesian's taken this Texas job? That's see, that's one. When, when I heard that he turned it down, who was it? Uh, David Paul, is that who said it? Yeah, said he turned down. Yeah, so that was my impression. Was like, oh shit, you know. So then that's when I was like, well, maybe maybe Saban this is his last year. But but, but maybe here, here's both. another maybe. way to spin it because you know a lot of people are going to find this hard to believe, but. I don't know how good of a job that Alabama is the day Nick Saban retires. Like, I know yeah. they're going to have a long list of people that are, that are going to be begging for it, and I understand that. And they're going to have, you know, more talent and more resources than just about anybody, and they, everything is there for you. But, you know, whoever that next coach is, and I'm sure it's going to be an outstanding coach, you know, if he doesn't win a national championship in like two years – <laughs> they're going to have his ass out of there. You know what I mean? And yeah. I mean, the the standard and the expectation, I mean, anything short of damn Bill Belichick is going to be a failure. <laughs> and it's almost like you don't want to be the guy that, you know, that it's kind of cliche to say, but I think this is the most, the truest case of it all is you don't want to be the guy that replaces Nick Saban. You want to be the guy that yeah. replaces Nick Saban's replacement. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Maybe that's the conversation Steve and him have. Like, <laughs> hey, listen, I'd love to give you the reins, but you're going to have a lot of pressure on you, buddy. And I think Saban, I don't know. I don't know if Saban wants this thing to be successful after he leaves. Yeah. <laughs> because then they're going to say, well, maybe it was just the system. Maybe it was, they're going to do the whole Tom Brady thing, Bill Belichick, you know. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Uh, let's don't let's don't do that. Let's don't play that game right now. I know I brought it up. Wait a second. I'll wait fall. a second. I, f- I found a way real quick. I, I can piss off one other fan base we haven't mentioned. Okay. If Nick Saban retires, I already know who they're going to hire. Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and there goes old Vince. <laughs> oh, geez. No, Matt, I don't know. There's going to be a lot. There's going to be the day, but – the back of my mind that's been playing over and over again. And it's just because, you know, you, you have a real opportunity to go, like if he wins a natty, I mean, he could just ride out to the sunset, you know, Mm -hmm. he could walk away the the most, the winningest coach ever. I mean, just the greatest, the all time greatest head coach. You can't say it. You can't, you know, can't reference Barry anymore because he's got more national championships. I mean, Bear was good, but what what he's been able to do over and over again, he may not have another opportunity to win a national championship. So, I don't know. I just I, I think the, it'd be a it'd be a beautiful story. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people rooting for that, myself included. But uh, it's just something to keep in the back of your mind, man. Yeah, keep that in the back of your mind, Alabama, as you win your latest national championship. Shane's counting down the days for the <laughs> dynasty to end. Oh man, it's been a long. It's it's over a decade. Like you know, it's one thing to have it for a few years, but when we start talking decades, it's like, come on, guys, you've had it enough. <laughs> it's time. To, it's time to share. 
Well, hey, buddy, I think that's going to uh, do it for this uh, national championship game. I can't wait to watch it and see how it goes. And, uh, man, I, you know, this is going to be one hell of a game. And it's probably going to be one of these that's over at uh, midnight or something crazy because, yeah. you know, it's going to be a four and a half, five hour game. But uh, you got anything else before we hop off here? No, man, I'm just I, I'm just totally excited, like I said, for this. Uh, we've got a whole day planned for the Natty, and uh, it does it does involve ribs. I wasn't lying about that. I, <laughs> I, I, I went out. I found a barbecue sauce. It, uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, didn't find I, I was going to say field barbecue sauce. That's just a little too far. I, I didn't do that. I got my own, own recipe I use here. But I am looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to this game. Uh, I'm looking forward to talking with you, Mike. Who knows if this thing gets – gets ugly or gets down to the wire we may jump on after the game and do a little emergency uh, podcast just talk give our quick hits you know what i'm saying so mm -hmm. I, i'm just looking forward to it soaking it up because it is the last college football game of the year uh we've got like 200 something more days until you know football cranks back up you know so I, i'm really i'm really going to be watching every single second of it so i'm looking forward to it man all right, buddy. Well, that's going to do it. And of course, if you made it this far, if you wouldn't mind just going that extra step further, giving us that five-star written review in the Apple Podcast app that really helps the show grow. But uh, that's going to do it. Thanks for joining me as always, Shane. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Catch you on the next one and enjoy the national championship. All right. See you guys. Go balls. I gotta finish my pod, okay? Want you? You gotta be are quiet, you, okay? Are you, are you muted? Yeah. No. All right, you there? Yeah, one one more sec. Oh, okay. Yeah, no rush. B's gonna hang out during this last part here. Okay. She got any thoughts on the championship game? Uh. <laughs> B, who do you think is going to win between uh, Alabama and Ohio State? Alabama. Hell yeah. All right. That's because the SEC dominates, right? You guess. <laughs> under this roof. We don't guess under this roof. Golly. Pack your bags. Guess. Okay. All right, ma'am.